0: Hi, welcome to LISD's Digital Dish, the podcast hosted by Julia Solnick and Michael Vick, two of LISD's instructional technology facilitators. We will be discussing the latest digital innovations, dilemmas, and solutions for your classroom and beyond. We love Google, efficiency, and sharing information. Join us as we banter, debate, and decipher the technology offerings of LISD and beyond. Hey, welcome back. Here we are, episode two with Michael and... Julia! Today, we're going to talk about just our normal exciting tool moment with and an oldie but a goodie. And uh, Julia's going to start us off.
1: Michael, I, I have to make a confession before we even get much further into this. Oh. Um, I think it's important that the listeners know that this is not the first time. No. Not even the second time. No,
0: not number two either. But
1: this is the third time we've had to record this episode. And it's my fault. No, well,
0: I mean, I don't, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah
1: <it> is. <laughs> You're not even going to pretend like you had anything to do with this. No. It's my fault. It, really, I don't take the full blame. I think it's Audacity's fault, which is where we, we save these podcasts or where we were yeah, recording we're, and we're, saving. We're actually
0: just, you know, behind the curtain, we'll let you know, we're actually <laughs> using QuickTime Audio Recorder Now. And we're gonna we're gonna put that into iMovie, which isn't really what iMovie is for, but we can still edit.
1: But we're audio. making it work because Audacity has crashed two times with yeah. me, and
0: we're through with Audacity. Each
1: time, it's corrupted my audio file so that it was nothing. Yeah. Or when I did like a, a, a like a deep dive import of the audio, it just came out sounding like Predator. So. Mm. Um, it's been rough, so we're going to we're going to really try this, but Michael and I have practiced this podcast two times. So, so it's th- going to be awesome. It's going to be third time is a charm, the winner the best. So we apologize this Uh, for this inconvenience, but really I just apologize mostly to Michael because it's more of an inconvenience to him than anybody else. It happens, it happens. (laughs) So let's go ahead and and dive right in. Now that I've gotten that off my chest, that confession out of the way, I don't know how I would have been able to to uh, handle going on without, without clearing the air for that. It's that time again for the Digital Dishes exciting digital tool be talking today about the exciting digital tool, which is Echo in the Classroom. Um, You know, Echo Alexa. So like you
0: repeat yourself in the classroom? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I yodel into a a crevice and get the Echo back. Yes. No, um, the Amazon Echo, whether you have the big Alexa form or the dot, which is the smaller one, um, has become a fairly popular way to get some of the lower level teaching tasks out of the way for students. And by that I mean um, putting an – a dot. I would suggest a dot because those ones are what thirty. Yeah, it's like half the price. Thirty of the, bucks. Of the big one. Yeah, we got one. I got one for Sean, my fiance, for Christmas on um, Cyber Monday for like twenty dollars or something like that. It Was wow. super inexpensive. That's a steal. Yeah, it was a steal. Um, and so you can get one of those, put it in your classroom, and have your students use it to a- ask those skills that. They need to know the answer to, but it's not something that you as a teacher want to spend your time, the bulk of your time rather, on those kinds of questions. You want to be spending the bulk of your time on the critical thinking and the problem solving, but sometimes a kid just needs to know how to spell something, right? Or they need to know the definition of a word. So Having a dot in the middle of your classroom where they can go up and say, hey Alexa, how do you spell? And say the word, or what is the definition for? Because even with spell check or looking in on an online dictionary, sometimes their spellings are so off or crazy that they can't find the word to begin with. So right. having something in there that allows them to ask those lower level tasks. Um, and,
0: you know, I also, I mean, we're in the early stages of this technology too. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, that's going to be a skill that they're going to need to know to use like they need to think to think to do that and you're kind of getting them ready for that at an early age
1: yeah you know casey bell and matt miller who um have a podcast called the google teacher tribe which is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to for education, Casey's always saying we've got to get used to talking to our stuff, that like, that's the next wave of technology usage is just being able to talk to your things. We've got Siri, we've got the, the dots and the echoes, and I, I mean, I can talk to my watch and it can give me information that way. So there are lots of things that are, are built there to make our lives more productive, um, easier, That require talking to, and it's just the next wave of technology usage. Can even do
0: voice typing in a Google Doc.
1: Yeah, yeah. So all these, all these things that you can integrate, just to make your lives easier. And I was one of those people. One of our specialists had asked us about Echo in the classroom, and I kind of scoffed and was like who would even use that in the classroom I don't see that it has a place there and then when I was in grad school we took a grad I had a class on emerging technologies and they covered echo and I watched a video and we have that linked in the show notes for you guys and I thought why didn't I think of using this before it totally opened my eyes because not only can you ask for things like Spelling, um, multiplication, or lower-level math a, skills. I was
0: in a in a high school math class, and uh, the teacher had a dot in there, and he asked just like a like a two-digit number times a two-digit number, real quick. You know, that's the sort of thing kind of kind of gets you to the actual higher-level thinking faster, um, which is important in today's world.
1: Yeah, and and so you can ask those those tasks, but there are things like probability. You can ask. Alexa to flip a coin or roll a die. Um, Sean and I were having a game night the other night and uh, we lost our our die for a game and so we would to tell hey Alexa, roll a six sided die, and it would do that, and then we'd get our answer. Um, so it worked out very conveniently it made it made for it us. Way more interactive. <laughs> you know, we'll set no tim- more dies to lose. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll set timers on Alexa. I think the bulk of our the way we use ours at home is we set timers on it for when we're cooking dinner or ask it what the weather is.
0: You know what we do? I have a with our Alexa, we say. Uh, we tell whenever our kids need to go to the room for a timeout or whatever, we'll say, you can't come out until your light comes on. And so we don't have to like physically go in there and turn on the light. We just say, Alexa, turn on Nolan's light, and it comes on. And the kids actually find that somewhat exciting, so they're a little bit more encouraged to actually um, you know, take their punishment.
1: That's pretty cool and techy of you guys to do it that way. Yeah, yeah um, like that. <laughs> you can ask Alexa to pick a card, flip a coin, pick a number between. Um, some of the other things, though, is that you can – you can have Alexa operate different skills. Like one of my favorite skills for in the classroom is you say, Alexa, open the magic door, and she'll start telling you a choose-your-own-adventure story. So you can start the choose-your-own-adventure story and then have the kids finish it as a writing prompt. Um, you can have Alexa count by certain numbers. which Sounds in, like fun. Yeah, which in elementary is super important when you're learning your multiples and your multiplication tables.
0: Can we say Alexa, record this podcast?
1: I bet we could, and she'd do a better job than Audacity <laughs> is. I'm I'm sure of it. Um, <laughs> we can have Alexa tell you random facts, tell you the definitions, synonyms, antonyms, which as a former fourth grade teacher bringing up their their writing level is so important that they know – how to find and access those words. There are just, and we're gonna link a couple of articles for you as well that have some other things that you could do with Alexa. I just see that there is so much potential. You can think of it as your own little classroom assistant that's there to take care of some of those tasks for you. I don't know how many times in the classroom I'd be sitting with a student one-on-one with a really in-depth problem-solving task I was working with them on, And I'd look up, and I'd have a line of students just waiting to talk to me, and they wanted me to tell them how to spell something. Or, you know, it was fourth grade and beginning of the year kind of thing before I had my routine set in place. And you think, how much time did they just waste by standing at my desk Mm while I was helping another student. Being
0: loud, talking about things that don't matter.
1: Exactly, when when <laughs> they could have been using that time more productively and engaging in a learning task. Um, so an Alexa is a really great way to, to do that.
0: Yeah, that. I mean, I wish that was around when I was in the classroom. I mean, it, it's come a long way in just a couple of years. Speaking of things that I wish were around when I was in the classroom, there's also another tool. We're going to change gears a little bit. It's time for an oldie but a goodie the quiz feature in Google Forms. Man, one I could, of
1: my favorites. I,
0: I could write a book about like things that I wish I knew then that I know now, as far as like using technology in the classroom, and this is a big one. I'd have a whole chapter, maybe two chapters on this, because it grades it for you, gives the kids immediate feedback. You can even, like if you're a math teacher, you can bring in some equation stuff And it actually looks like a legitimate equation instead of some weird html code language formula thing right it actually looks like a real thing and uh i mean it's it really is easy to use it's easy it grades stuff for you if you're using google classroom it embeds that grade straight into google classroom
1: which is great i mean i remember when i was in the classroom um, and I was first started using Forms when Forms first came out and I wanted them to be self-grading, I had to download, f- install, I guess it was, yeah. Fluberoo. Add the add-on. Add Fuber- the add-on, Fluberoo. Fluberoo super quiz or, would or something. go through and I had to make sure to activate it and run it for each thing. You
0: can even send, send them home. Like have the quiz sent home. You can shuffle the questions. You can shuffle the answers. All sorts. You can have them, you can email them the grade after the fact. So like if you want to make sure kids don't have a copy of the quiz and give it to you know their friends who have you later in later class periods
1: you know one of the, th- the ways that I uh, really in- liked using it myself and I know that teachers have found it as a huge time saver some things you need to do on a paper and pencil test right mm-hmm. but you need to spend less time grading those so they would take the test paper and pencil and then just enter the answers into a a form that was set up to mirror the test and it was like a digital scantron without actually having to go to a scantron machine um and so it collected answers that way and it gave me and gives other teachers more time to work on their flexible grouping and their intensive you know pull out groups and things like that as opposed to grading the test it makes it much more timely I yeah. guess that's what I'm trying I mean you to can
0: say. get really creative and like you can make it where they have to turn in a file or they have to put in a link to a video or something like that if you're if you're looking for not just choose a b c or d you can really get creative in there um, you can also put in feedback for incorrect and correct answers and like you're thinking feedback is like great that was awesome or nope, think again but you can put in a link and they can click on the link and oh research it and actually figure it out for on their own and that becomes you know an even larger stamp in their brain of learning than what then it's just like nope wrong or yes right
1: take them to a tutorial video you have in your drive or something like that Um, so to, to access those that quiz feature, Michael. What do you have to do yeah. to access that on a form? Well,
0: it's really simple. On a on a form, you just click on the top right. There's a gear up there. You click on the gear, and uh, over on the right, you'll see the word quizzes. And so you'll click on quizzes, and you'll get to check, make this a quiz. And it's really that simple. And you'll see those some of those options that I was talking about, as far as like giving the kids the correct answers, setting your point values, and telling them the point values. A lot of that stuff is right there. It, I mean, it really is easy. It's it's some of my novice technology teachers use this and love it, and they can do it really quickly. And I mean, this is one of those things where if I if I show teachers, just give, just give me like seven minutes and I'll show this to you, and they run with it. I mean, it's one of those few things that they actually take quickly and run with.
1: You know, sometimes when we're talking about things with technology, we talk about innovation and creating things and students being able to do things that they wouldn't be able to do. Be- do before and sometimes we talk about those pieces that are productivity to make our job with the students more impactful because we're not spending all of our time Doing those other things, and this is yeah. definitely one of those productivity tools that makes your time with students that much yeah. more valuable. And
0: when you, I mean, it, it is that it, it can substitute for like what what a paper quiz, but it can also be much more because of like the opportunity to put in feedback and to, to bring in videos outside and click on links and have them do their own research. Once once you start using some of those advanced features, then it, then it can be even more than anything a paper test ever. Could absolutely,
1: be. absolutely, because we all know that with. Getting an answer wrong is getting an answer wrong. What makes a student learn from it is the feedback that they get from the mistakes that they make. And so being able to provide that feedback immediately is huge.
0: Sit back and relax. It's time for a moment now this is kind of tough for me to talk about I always have to watch um, how I say but I but I got to be frank where I'm sick and tired of teachers saying that um, this isn't my job or um, that's not really what I do like if I'm if I'm talking to a science teacher I always I always have to bring in something science for them to be like oh okay oh that's that's gonna help them learn science more well you know in middle school especially, Teachers are required to teach technology skills. Like it's its own content. And if they're not getting it in their science, if their core content classes, and they're not taking a tech apps class, then they're not getting it because of that that mentality. Oh, I'm teaching science, therefore, um, everything I do has to be science. You know, if you think about most people in their daily lives, they're not in one specific column, like if you, if, even if like, okay, so like say you're in an architecture and you think there's a lot of math there, but you still have to sell it, which, which includes a lot of persuasion. And I mean, there's the contents intertwine every single day in every aspect of everything you do. And until teachers start realizing that that's how they need to teach kids, then it's not really going to change. You know, it's it's really frustrating when a, a teacher refuses to do something because they think it bogs them down. Well, that bogging down is actual learning. I remember many times in my classroom where I spent a day or two um, just editing a doc or whatever. I was a math teacher, and we were editing a doc so that they could prove some sort of math point. We did this... I remember doing this fundraiser project where they, of course there was a lot of math involved. They had to decide how many of something to, to buy, what the costs were of every, and everything, and the percentage that they were selling and the risk and everything. There was a ton of math in it, but one of the biggest things I wanted to teach them was that it's also about selling that product. And we spent a lot of times just going back and forth on how you're going to use math to persuade somebody to do something, and there was a lot of English involved. and. I was okay with that. Even though I know a lot of math teachers would probably scoff at that, I was I was more than okay with it because I knew I was teaching them a real life skill, something that they can actually use no matter what industry they go into. It's time for a note about digital citizenship. Another way that you can you can kind of help yourself get out of your lane a little bit is looking at e-portfolios. You know, even just when we talk to teachers about what an e-portfolio is, they're thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm responsible for my subject's tab. Well, if you look at the LISD e-portfolios, there's not a math, science, English, social studies electives tab. The tabs are actually grouped by 21st century skills. And I know that's kind of like a buzzword. Oh, what are we doing? We're doing twenty first century skills. Well, you know we've been in the twenty first century for eighteen years now. Like this is not <laughs> this isn't like something that's happening. It has been happening for eighteen years. And if you're and if you haven't been doing it, then you're doing your kids a disservice.
1: Well, and I'm sure you guys have all heard the the buzz. It's a it's a quote I like to use all the time that says the majority of the jobs that our students will be performing in the future have not been created yet. Yeah. They, they haven't been thought of yet. So how do we prepare students for the future if we don't know what it's going to look yeah. like? And the answer is the 21st century skills. Yeah.
0: You know, it's like if you do the research on these skills, if you look at the skills, I mean, these were businesses that they were looking for these skills and the people that they hire. I mean, think about that for a second. The businesses are looking for these things. There's nowhere in there where it's like, oh, I want them to have math skills, I want them to have science skills. I'll sit down with a group of 12 year olds, a uh, seventh grade classroom, and I'll say, hey look, everybody takes math, science, English, social studies. Every single student in, in the state of Texas, in the whole country, in the whole world, they're gonna have those skills. What are you going to do to actually make yourself ready for the job that is more than everybody else? That's the minimum. The core content is the minimum. What are you going to do beyond that? How are you going to really be productive for that company that you're trying to get a job with?
1: And um, so the e-portfolios are a great way to showcase your work in the 21st century skills or our students' work in the 21st century skills, to show growth over time, to learn the skills and the vocabulary related with the skills. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. It's like... You think about just how to map out a website, and like you have different tabs, you're you having different pages, you have different share settings. Like these, these are things, words that they're going to need to know. Just the vocab itself, because it, it, if they don't know, they're gonna they're gonna be left behind, and they're gonna have a hard time finding a good job, and they're not gonna know why, and that's gonna be why it's because those skills are lacking.
1: Well, and, and to, be, to be honest, ePortfolio gives those students a safe space to make the mistakes that people make when it comes to digital citizenship or, or the right, correct writing. And, you know, our kids are whizzes at Instagram and they're whizzes at, you know, all that social media, which is, is valuable to them and to their, their place in life right now. But when they're on Instagram, they're typing in hashtags and slang, and it doesn't have anything that doesn't translate to how they need to speak professionally. And so an ePortfolio is a great place to, when you see those things crop up, to kind of have those conversations with the, hey, that's okay with your friends, that's okay on your social media, but you also have to think about audience. Who are you trying to reach? And if this is a professional piece, it needs to be a professional audience.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, not, it's how you write, it's what you write, where you write. I mean all these skills that are just incredibly important that they're going that they're lacking right now. They really are. They 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 struggle with how to write something professionally. That their personal life is the same as whatever their professional life is and that really needs to be different. It's way more important than it used to be when we were kids.
1: For sure. And
0: it's going to continue to be more and more important.
1: Yeah internet chat rooms and things like that were just starting to come out when i was in middle and elementary school and they weren't
0: really archived the way they are now yeah and
1: and i think if i was a teenager right now with social media oh my goodness i don't know how i would handle myself so um it's very important that those skills are taught to them and i always there george kuros who we talked about a little bit um last week or sorry week (laughs) (laughs) podcast last episode has a a famous example he's used a couple of times where a girl had applied to her dream college her name is beverly fam and they had said no and she reached out and said google me which is kind of a bold statement for a High school student to yeah. make. Mm-hmm. So it's a bold
0: th- statement for anybody. Right?
1: It's true. Shaquille so
0: yes. O'Neal said it just yesterday you
1: know,
0: <laughs> you know, during the playoff game.
1: Well, there you have <laughs> it. That's Shaq. Um, but anyway, she said, Google me, and they did. And what they found was a online presence that was so professional and so strong and so geared towards her passion and what she wanted to do for the rest of her life, which was digital media stuff and photography, that they immediately said, you're accepted. And that was because of the strength of her e-portfolio, because of the strength of her positive online presence.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a skill that's very much in demand. For sure. And I mean, it's, it's going to be huge for her. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how long ago this was or what Beverly's up to now, but like my guess it's something related to that because that is a very high need area for businesses, for people. I mean, it's, she she could do anything.
1: Yeah, and and so the P, the e portfolio is so much more than just having students put their work in it. Um, there are so many pieces that work together yeah. to build that digital citizenship and to build that awareness of how you're presenting yourself.
0: We haven't, even, I mean, we haven't even gone into like how a reflection can help you really understand what you were good at what you were bad at and what you need to improve and, like we we're not even going into that yet i mean yeah. the benefits of that are well documented well researched too what is going on in lisd it's time for a district
1: here. For our last little piece, the district highlight, we're going to be talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. And as, mine,
0: too. Oh, sorry,
1: Michael's allowed to like it, yeah. too. Um, as we are both committee members, and that is the LISD Film Fest. Yeah. Um, so we have been painstakingly um, collecting the videos. And just last week on Friday, our finalists were announced. Yay! So there were finalists and honorable mentions in the elementary, the middle, and the high school categories. Um, and those were announced. And on May 24th, which is a Thursday, we will be having our glamorous red carpet event. Yeah, you
0: say glamorous, like, I mean, it really is. It, <laughs> it really is, is an event. There Where, is a red
1: you, carpet, there's a photographer. Mm-hmm. You, uh, It's a fantastic, fantastic event. We.
0: I was talking with uh, one of the middle school theater teachers, Miss Watts, and uh, she was telling me this is the coolest thing that LISD does. I mean, I'm not exaggerating at all. Those were her exact words. I quote, this is the coolest thing this district does.
1: And it's just, it's a great way to for students to create and connect in a way that they, they that expresses themselves in such a unique, different way. And we love the, the red carpet event because it allows parents to come see their hard work it allows their school you know their fe- fellow classmates to come see their hard work and it allows the community it's open to anybody in the mm-hmm. community to come. come
0: and it's a cool area Old town's really building up yes it's
1: at the MLC Grand it's quite
0: the event and it's free
1: and it's free you come in we have the award ceremony starting at 5 30 for elementary and at 7 for secondary and then That's when we'll call up the finalists and and tell them what place they got and all that good stuff. And play some
0: of the movies. Yes, we play In fact, we play all the movies. All the finalists get their movie played. And there's like a secondary theater Mm -hmm. called the Black Box Theater and it really is cool.
1: And you can go and get the movies played by request. I hear that there's this dude named Michael Vick who's going to be one of the MCs. Yes,
0: I am
1: for this event. Yeah, so,
0: get, so if you want to see me all dressed up once and once only,
1: <laughs> this will be the day. Once a, are you going to be doing any um any musical solos um, as well?
0: Well, I mean, maybe impromptu, but I don't <laughs> I I don't know. I don't have anything on the script.
1: So, no, nothing <laughs> formal yet. He's been working hard putting together his yeah. his. Yeah, we pieces. want people to
0: come, not to yeah. leave.
1: Oh, pf, yeah. Whatever. You play music wonderfully. <laughs> no, so we, we're we both really passionate about this, as you can tell. Um, I, and
0: I hope it gets bigger. Like, I mean, we had, what, 500-ish entries this year. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see this being a bigger thing that the district does. We can handle it. We have all the forms set up. We have – I mean, we can handle a larger group of people We entering. definitely
1: can. Shout out to Miriam Wine, who, like, is the, the data – Statistics, yeah, Yeah, formula
0: guru person.
1: She's great with all that stuff. Shout out to Jane.
0: Yeah, Queen B. Queen B of the film fest. You know, she's
1: kind of the, that was her her brainchild. And it's been going on next year will be the fifth year. Yeah. The big five-year anniversary. So we're really excited about it. And we hope that some of you can come join us. Yeah.
0: All right, well, this is episode two. Thanks for listening.
1: And... Fingers crossed it doesn't get deleted. Yeah,
0: see you in episode three. (laughs) See you
1: later.